Welcome to First Fleet 10-4. I'm your host today, Elizabeth Windham, and today we're going to talk all things fuel with my special guest, Deanne Smith. So, Deanne, welcome. Glad you're here. Thank you. Glad to be here. So what is your title with First Fleet? Who oh are you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I call myself the fuel guy, but I had somebody correct me and went, you're a girl. I'm like, okay, we can do this a little differently. Okay. But my official title is Manager of Fuel Compliance. Excellent. That's a mouthful, but I think I can say it. Manager of Fuel Compliance. Okay. Yes. Well, first off, why don't you um, tell us your story? What, you know, how did you get here? Well, some stories I can't tell you. Okay, well, sure. But what I can tell you is I mostly <laughs> grew up here in the Middle Tennessee area. Okay. Uh, just oh, south a of, native. Yeah, just south of Nashville. Okay. Started with First Fleet back in December. We're glad to have you. I'm glad to be a part of this team. One of the things that has always attracted me to this industry is, well, first of all, I saw it from a family perspective. My husband and my father both carried CDLs for quite a while. And my father-in-law, who we all call Pippi, is still driving to this day, and I'm not allowed nice. to tell you how many years he's been driving. Oh, okay. Is it a uh, secret? Was there some... He's just really old. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Hopefully, Pippi won't hear this. Uh, no, he's a great guy and has served well. Sure. And um, after watching all of them do what they do, I have the utmost respect for those that get behind the wheel and take care of everybody here. So I teasingly say I appreciated truck drivers before a pandemic and I needed toilet paper. <laughs> So Most I'll, of our listeners did too. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear that. Um, let's see here. I started my trucking experience in the fuel card and petroleum industries. Ah, okay. Uh, did that for quite a while. Most of my career has been managing fuel for other trucking companies. Okay. Cool. Helping them to to manage things. And it was interesting. I teasingly say I, I got out of the petroleum industry because my father-in-law called me a price gouger. Every Thanksgiving meal, and it's not every time, but he did it enough that I didn't want to hear it anymore. Sure, sure. But it was a big part of what I did. But one of the things he said to me was, you're telling everybody what to do, and your butt's never been in a truck. Mm. And maybe I used to need to use a different word. Maybe I should say bottom in a truck. Meh. But um, and so it was, yeah, it was real. And yeah. so I said, all right. Started getting in a truck once a quarter with a driver. Nice. Um, typically did not go out overnight. Okay. Did not think that was the best for, anyway, mixed company. Sure. Uh, but went out in the truck. And let me tell you, it was a huge eye-opener Yeah. to experience what they were experiencing on the road from all of us four-wheelers. What happens at the truck stops? What happens at the docks? Yeah, we went. I went out on one load that was a just-in-time delivery, and then they told us they were delayed for two hours. <laughs> yeah, just in time. All right, hurry up and wait. Exactly. Which is, by the way, my husband says like the military. So I don't know, maybe trucking and military go together. Not quite sure. Um, we have a lot of a lot of veterans in our company, so maybe that explains why a little bit. Possibly. And um, for those who have done it, I appreciate their service. But anyway, at one point, I'd been in the industry forever. I'm like, i got to get out of trucking. No, been no. in this too long. Okay. And so I decided to go into finance. Did that for six months and about lost my mind. <laughs> so I am back in <laughs> trucking. Bring it on. Um, we're, we're more fun over here. Let's be real. True. Yeah. And that's how I am now here at First Fleet. Wonderful, as our official fuels are. There you go. We'll use that <laughs> instead go. of fuel guy. Yeah, I like exactly. That uh, okay, works for me. All right, perfect. We just got a new title for you. Yes. I'll be sure and put it on your door. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. So I love it. I love the personal stories. So as fuels are, what is mm -hmm. fuel management? Like, what does that mean to our employees at First Fleet? What does that mean to our drivers? You know, what is what is fuel management? Well, I tell you what, the best way to start this is what it isn't. Okay. Fuel management isn't about cheap prices. Okay. 
It's about making the best choice with selecting your fueling locations, but that has to be based on several other things. Operational, like what? Well, operational efficiencies is one. Operational efficiencies, like if it's not out of your way? Yes, that's part of it. Okay. Uh, you don't ever go out of route. Sure. Absolutely. For a low price. That doesn't make sense. You lose whatever mm. savings. Or a truck stop might be the best price in the area based on what we get as a, as a trucking company. Okay. But if the driver has to wait 45 minutes in line to get to the pumps because everybody's at the cheaper uh, price. Sure. We lose our time. Okay. And our drivers earn money by driving, not standing in a line. Absolutely. So we want to make sure that we keep them on the same lane. Okay. Where they're traveling. We don't want to go out a route, even two miles. We don't want to go out a route okay. when we can avoid it. Excellent. Um, we don't want them waiting in line. Sure. And taking time waiting. away from their drive time and getting them home in time and taking care of our customers. The other part of it is safety. Okay. Meaning there are some truck stops when you go in and out of it can be pretty tight with traffic. Oh, right. I've been to one or two of those. Yeah. Or maybe even just in a bad part of town. True. Yeah. Uh, it can also be crowded. Yeah. And this may be a silly statement, but I don't like our trucks around a bunch of trucks. <laughs> we are trying to avoid being hit. Correct. So, and I know that most of our accidents are other people hitting us. So anytime we can avoid... A lot of traffic. Putting ourselves in a bad situation <laughs> yes. where, we, where some genius can hit us, that makes sense. Yeah. I like it. So we want to make sure we're looking at safety. We talked about lanes. Okay. And that's when then we look at the price that gotcha. we get as a company. So okay. you have to have all those things working together to truly manage fuel in the right way. Okay. So fuel management is a lot more than I thought it was. Yes. It's not just about finding cheap price. Right. Exactly. Here I am just thinking, oh, whatever's <laughs> cheapest. Okay. I wish it was. It'd be easier for me to do my job. <laughs> now I understand why you are the official fuel czar. There okay. we go. So what part do our drivers play in fuel management? So I know you just listed a bunch of different areas of things to watch out for that you watch out for, but how do our drivers play that part as well? Well, it's not just a part. It's many parts. Many parts. Okay. So if Perfect. you think through drivers, let me walk through a couple of them. Sure. First of all, the fueling. Okay. They're the ones on the road making the final decision. Right. We guide them. We okay. give them our authorized fuel stops through our app. Right. And they can see what authorized locations are in the area. But they pay, play a huge part in making sure those choices are made to authorize locations. So... The other thing that I want to make sure we get out there is a lot of people, especially for the drivers, we don't pay what they see on the sign. Wait, really? Yes. Oh, so that big sign that's on the road that's saying, hey, the cheapest gas is right here. And that it's is... fuel. Uh, hopefully they're not putting gas in our trucks. I'm just <laughs> I'm saying. sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, fuel. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't don't put gas no, in the no trucks. gas in the trucks. Yeah. Diesel only. Yes. Diesel okay. Only. So yes. when that diesel price, we're seeing it as you know, oh hey, it's only four twenty five over here, but it's five dollars down the road at the pilot versus the you know express whatever. Right. So that doesn't actually matter to us. No. Oh, okay. So what matters is them going to an authorized fuel stop. It's that authorization. It's what we've app. negotiated. Oh. behind the scenes with all of the vendors in the authorized fuel locations on your app. So ah, so we have a secret price with our authorized stops. Yes, and they don't put Ish. that on receipts, and that's an industry thing. Oh, okay, so it's um, general. So most it's of the in big general. industry, most of the big companies have this deal. And the smaller ones do. They're just not as good as larger trucking companies. Got it, okay. Everything, think about it this way. Everything's volume-based. Okay, sure. The more you buy with 
whatever right. we do here as a company. Sam's the Club versus Walmart. Correct. Buy in bulk. Okay. So on occasion, we'll have a driver with the best of intentions drive down the road and say, no, I'm going to stop at Bob's Express because his posted price, the sign, sure. or in the industry, some people call it the marquee price, is 10 cents cheaper than one of the stops we told them to go to. Okay. And because they're on the road, they don't think we know what's happening out there. And in theory, in former decades. With fuel, with fuel with amounts. Fuel. With fuel right, prices. With fuel prices. Fuel prices have shot up, so this guy's cheaper, so let's go here. Correct. We got it. 10, 15 years ago, we didn't have a way to see those prices real time. Today we do. Ah, okay. So we do see what's going on while they're driving down the road with the cost of fuel and the price of fuel. Okay. So what I ask everybody to do is when you buy fuel, one, if you can look at it before you go out on the road, it's even better because you can plan it. Ah, so plan those authorized stops. We have to have drivers that begin to trust that the people like myself that have access to what our discounts really are. Yeah. Know what the price is. Trust the fuels are. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> we got to come up. I don't know. Maybe people can submit a comment somewhere about a different, better, fun name for me. I'm, the czar thing's starting to scare me a little. Okay, no problem. We'll call into the, the podcast telephone line. Leave us a voicemail on what you think Deanne's new nickname should be about. I think that would be fabulous. <laughs> I think that would be great. Um, and I do know that our fuel limits, we, you can pump more fuel at an authorized stop versus an unauthorized as well. Correct. Is that just to help us not get hit by all these fuel charges? Partly. It's also something, too, when we limit what somebody can purchase, it helps us control. Because in theory, one of our drivers would only fuel at authorized locations. So if something happens with their card, they lose it, somebody going to unauthorized might be somebody that somehow got access to a card. Oh, so we want to keep maybe or something like that, right? So we want to keep the amount of gallons limited at those kind of places. I see. That's just to help us with card EFS card theft. Okay, correct. So that's just another way of looking at it. Sure. So we talked about the drivers have many parts, right? In the fuel exactly. management. So that's fueling. That's fueling. Okay. So so there's more takeaway. Make sure buy an authorized location. Authorized. I got it. Communication is key. Okay. In what way? Like communicating with whom? The best way to communicate eventually back to us in the fuel department or fuel mm -hmm. team is to let your terminal managers know what's happening. Oh. So here's some examples with okay, communication. Okay, yes, I like examples. So we talked about one of the key things is operational efficiencies. Right. Right, or safety. Right. Safety, being stuck in a fuel line for 45 minutes is bad. Or if they are having to take their rest time. Mm-hmm and park at a truck stop and something happens or people will just say visitors might be knocking on their door. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. We want to know about that because what happens then, or here's another one that can happen. Pumps keep cutting off. Oh, when yes. When they go to location. I've seen that. Or I don't know, you try to use the restroom or take a shower because you're spending the night mm -hmm. and we'll just say they're icky. Icky, technical term. Yes. Yes. When those things happen, it's key to commute it back to your terminal. Okay. So they can get it back here to the home office. Ah, because so, you, so you tell your manager who then emails me, the fuel or the fuel department, DM, or the fuel department, yes, fuel management. Yes, there you have it. There you go. And they email us. What we do with that, because of the years I've been in the industry, mm -hmm. most of the truck stop chains, even even independents, I've had a working relationship with when I was in the petroleum industry. Oh wow! And what we do then when we get that information is we reach out to that location and to their corporate headquarters to say, hey, we're trying to help you operate a good location. You have visitors, you need to get some off-duty police out there, or you've got a pump that keeps surging. 
You need to go test the equipment. And what that allows then is for the drivers to help us know when it's safe, when it's not. If it's a safety issue sure. that is fixable, we put a truck stop on our, on our watch list. And I just communicated this back to one of our major chains ah. that they had two locations on a watch list where we had something that happened. And oh. if the location gets another safety issue, I told them we were pulling our fuel. Oh, and that is a big deal for them. We're, we're pulling our business from them. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily mean it, it wasn't meant as a threat. But if our drivers are trying to sleep to get their rest, to be on the road. That's crucial. Sleep is so important. It's and I don't know about the rest of y'all, but when I get woken up in the middle of the night, it's real hard getting back to sleep. Yes. So it's a safety issue in that regard. That's the way we look at it. So we need to get that feedback uh, from the drivers. If we have chosen an authorized location... Mm -hmm. where they're having to come out of it going left across two, four lanes of traffic with no light, that's dangerous. That is dangerous. Especially if it's a crowded road. When those things happen, communicate it back to the terminal, and then we'll work on finding a different location that you feel safer that'll still work with operational efficiencies and price. And many times, we've done this recently with a couple of the terminals, I've reached out to the truck stops, and we've negotiated a discount. And then we've been able to add it to an authorized location on the map. Oh, wow. Okay, excellent. So they can be a part of development of the fuel network. Oh, wonderful. Because they're like, hey, this site is dangerous for us to pull out against traffic. Mm -hmm. There's no light. Can we do this stop? They can get with you, reach out. And well, they get with their terminal manager. They get with their terminal manager. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's terminal a lot manager. of them and only yes. one of me. Sure. Um, <laughs> but we work on that to get that fixed. So we've oh, talked about fueling amazing. and communication. Yes. The other thing, y'all, idling. Okay. okay. How bad is that? I, I I know people tell us not to idle all the time, and I've heard the, seen the manager's posts about it. So, Well, there's a time and a place for it. Sure. Right. So when we had... When it's 110 degrees outside and you're sitting there. Or when we had people got stuck on a mountain in Colorado Ooh. because of the storms that came through. Right. Of course we want them idling. Of course. We don't want, one, we want them to be cared for and safe. We also don't want the fuel line freezing up on us. Oh, right. So there's a there's a time and a place for idling. Okay. What I'm talking about is unnecessary idling. Okay. And, and here's where I'm going with it. A lot of people don't realize how often they do it, even in our personal lives. Maybe I shouldn't share this, but I'm going to anyway. So there's my <laughs> disclaimer. Uh, I was at a, we'll say an organic food store and walked past a car that had all these save the earth things plastered all over the car, green planet. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they were sitting in their non-electric car idling while they were texting. And, y'all, it was only 60 degrees outside. It wasn't extreme heat. So I thought, hmm. sometimes we just don't realize what we're doing. Sure. So those are the things I ask drivers to keep oh, their the eyes hypocrisy. on. Gotta yeah, love it. you got to love it. You know, I probably have some of my own. I just, I'm sure. Nobody's talking we about me do. on a podcast there yet. <laughs> um, but my point is this, idling, it's a huge fuel guzzler. And just as an example, when a rig is idling, mm -hmm. it's burning just under a gallon per hour. Now, really? It's only a gallon. Okay. Right. Sure. You hear that? And you're our like, tanks hold eh. what? 200 gallons? Depending. Some are only 150, Depending. some okay. hold a total of 200. And it may not seem that much, but let's just say you idle your truck two hours a day unnecessarily. Okay. 20 minutes here. I'm fueling up at the terminal. I'm going to go in, grab some stuff out of the break room, start talking to people. There's another 20, There's 30. 30. Yeah. Yeah. forever long you like hanging out. And sure. We all have habits. Absolutely. I have them myself. But when you start putting pen to paper, and if you do two hours a day, and let's just say for easy math, you drive, you know, five days out of the week. 
Okay. So now you're looking at 10 gallons at an average of $4.50 a gallon. Again, it's only $45 a week. But when you add that up for the whole year, it's now more than $2,000 for one truck. Whoa, just from idling two hours a day. Unnecessarily. Unnecessarily in these little chunks of 20 minutes at a time, which is easy, easy to make that happen. Right. And and so when you look at that and then you put that number across the entire fleet. Oh, think about when you're idling, if you let your truck idle while you're doing your pre-trip inspection. Ooh, because I know I've, you know, you drive over, you hook up to your trailer, you leave it idling, you do your pre-trip, that's 15 minutes to pre-trip your truck. By the time you get back in, you're at 20 probably, do your stuff on the tablet, then you're ready to go. That I mean, that's easily 20 minutes. And that's just the start of your day or your and trip. And that's just to get started. Wow. So those are the type of things to keep an eye on. Okay. Um, but here's the way I like to think about it. So if we talk about 2000 per year per truck, if we could just make that movement of the two hours. Sure. Instead of saying not doing, you know, about talking about people doing it, better yet, what if every truck, if y'all can think about this for a minute, if every one of you out there that drives could improve your idle time by two hours a day for those who can. For Again, those who can, yeah. There's sometimes not you're not going to be able to do that. adverse weather conditions. Correct. Yeah. Phoenix, guys, July, 115 degrees. We're not talking to you. So Denver. every choice, oh, Denver. <laughs> Denver, negative them. 20 degrees. Yeah. Bless you. You Bless your heart. Like, I couldn't do it. Yeah, sure. So whether it's in our personal vehicles or in the trucks, every choice we make is making mm-hmm. an impact every day. In some so way. that idling is a huge impact or a part the drivers can play okay. in our fuel management. There's a couple other things that not only impact fuel, but impact fuel, safety, and maintenance. Ooh, all all this, yes. Okay. So if these things get addressed, okay, they're helping in three areas of the company. All right, let's hear them. This is exciting. Yay. Okay. Um. So anyway, first one is speed. All right. How does speed affect fuel and maintenance and safety? Well, I mean, I know how fu- I know how speed affects safety. That's obvious. Right. I mean, just safe driving. But if you think about this, um, I was reading in Fleet Owner Magazine not too long ago. It's been reported that an average, for, so for a rig. Okay. Right? One right. of our rigs. Right. Um, this isn't box trucks. It isn't pickups. But in our rigs, traveling at 75 miles an hour consumes 27% more fuel than if the driver traveled 65 miles per hour. Wait, 75, going 75 miles an hour down the interstate consumes 27% percent more fuel. Yes. Whoa, that's a lot. It's a lot. That's 10 miles an hour more, 27% more fuel. That is a huge impact. A huge impact. Okay. So, and not only that, but the higher speeds are also putting more wear and tear in our engine. Oh, that makes sense. And that's the same thing for cars or anything with an engine for that matter, motorcycles. Sure. So the point is just keeping it at the speed limit or a little below that and Mm -hmm. being consistent in your speed. I was going to tell a story about somebody in my family, but he may hear the podcast someday, so I won't mention his name. But when we travel, I stay at a consistent speed. I use cruise control when I can. Cruise is the best? I do all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I usually get, in my vehicle, another three miles per gallon out of the car than this individual does on the same drive. Ah. So, again, whether it's our rigs, cars, having 
consistent in what you're doing instead of speeding sure. up and slowing down and speeding up and slowing down. Right. It's that consistency. And staying at or a little below the speed limit, one, keeps us safe. We're not going right. Two, we're not going to get speeding tickets. Yeah. Hard brakes when you're speeding up and then slowing down real fast. So those yep. are safety events. Which leads me into the next part. Okay. Soft driving. Soft driving. Okay. What does that mean? Yeah, it sounds a little new agey kind it, of thing. It's, right? a, it's a little odd. Yeah. Um, but this was something my dad taught me. Again, keep in mind he was a driver. Right. But when you drive soft, you save on fuel and maintenance costs and you're a safer driver. So as an example... When you were doing, um, an example of soft driving would be braking and accelerating smoothly. Oh, okay. And gradually. Okay. So not slamming on the brakes or gunning the accelerator. Correct. Okay. So if you want to think about it in car world or auto world, how many times have you sat at a red light and some kid with a cool Mustang sitting next to you (laughs) while you're in your Subaru or whatever and he laughs and then punches it? Guns it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, his cool car is barely getting half of what your car is getting, but him driving that way is making it worse. And he's more likely to run into somebody who went through the red light. Oh, that's a good point. Right. So people run red lights all the time these days. And the other part is driving softer. Think about this way. You're not hitting the brakes as hard, so we're not going through them as fast. Okay. Makes sense. The other thing with slow or gradual, not slow. Yeah, gradual But that gradual acceleration. Okay, that's a better word. um, Really helps when you're trying to keep safe distance from the vehicles in front of you. Sure. Because if you're constantly speeding up and somebody's pulling in at the same time, you're accelerating Uh, quickly. And don't get me wrong, y'all. I I get a weighted down rig is not going to go at the speed of a Mustang GT. Got it. No. (laughs) But the point is when you take the time to drive in those ways, we are more – we are less likely – to then possibly get too close or have that driving distance uh, decrease to an unsafe level. Sure. Because then when that happens, then what do you do? You hit the brakes hard. Right. And then you hope. And you hope you don't hit them. Yeah. Right. Because you've got a lot so of weight go- pushing you forward. Exactly. So then you're back into inconsistent driving. Gotcha. You're in hard braking. You're into some of the things we were talking about before. You're getting a critical event from safety. <laughs> yes, you are getting a critical event from safety. John or somebody will be reaching out that's to you right. should that occur. That's right. So I know that's been a lot on the drivers, but they're the ones controlling the equipment that actually consumes the fuel. Sure. So, you know, with the combination of fuel bought at authorized fuel stops, communicating back to the terminal managers about, about any the truck issues. stop. Yeah, any truck yeah. stop issue. Okay. By reducing Again, unnecessary idling. Unnes- we know there's necessary idling. Yes. Absolutely. But no speeding. Okay. And soft driving. Combining those things together, drivers can really make a big impact in fuel management for our organization. Wow. Okay. So no pressure. No, pr- <laughs> no pressure at all. Gotcha. Oh, wow. That's very cool, though. So those five things. Well, I think what I would love to hear, you know, we've got some amazing, we've got quite a few amazing drivers out there. You know, we've got... We do. We have we some have wonderful drivers. We have half all up to four million mile. We do. Right? Apparently, and there's a driver in, in our company known as Turtle. So I think you probably need to talk to him. Okay. <laughs> I've but, heard rumors. He's the one that's always at the top of the fuel chart for having the best mile oh. per gallon. Okay, Turtle, be aware. I'll be reaching out. I will find <laughs> you. I will figure out who you are. But I think it's... Um, I would love to hear from the people who have been out there for so long as to what maybe some of the things they've done effectively. Sure. Yeah. Some tools that we can maybe help some of the newer drivers, at least with us, 
You know, okay. new doesn't necessarily mean they've not been driving long. New to this company. Okay. What's the first fleet? Yeah. What, what happens and what helps with our customers? You know, we're not hauling carpet from North Carolina to California. No, we're not. We've got a totally different business model. So any pointers that you seasoned drivers with first fleet can put out there, and whether it's the voicemail with the podcast line or anything you can give us, we'd appreciate that to share with some of the others. So yes, we would. We're looking forward to your advice on how you manage fuel for your truck. Yeah, call in. Seriously, we want to hear from you. Okay. So you're just talking about our customers. So why does fuel management matter to our customers? Well, what I've experienced is as we continue, or any company continues to manage fuel costs, mm-hmm. but especially here at First Fleet, it shows our customers that we manage our business well and that we plan on being around here a long time. Y'all, fuel makes a huge impact to a company's success or failure. And it also shows them that they're not just a customer to us. We really see them as a true business partner mm. and helping keep their costs down as well. Okay. And then just to wrap up, what do you see in the future? What are some things to look Ooh. forward to? I know it. If I really knew the future, I wouldn't have to be working at First Fleet. But... <laughs> What I do know is where we are going okay, and some of our initiatives heading towards the future. So on the fuel management, we're working towards a custom fuel network. Oh, okay. Not just having... Not just that huge list of sites that we have now. Yeah, because it, it can be a little overwhelming. It can be. There's a lot of options that you can see in the app. And so our goal is to have a custom fuel network by the end of this year. Okay. We intend to have a very specific fuel network created to address operational efficiencies and all the stuff we talked about, safety and Wonderful. what's the best fuel cost for each terminal. You know, I came here, like I said, back in December. So I've been here about three months now. Yeah. Finally got the hang of this place. Not yet. Maybe. I'm okay. getting there. Getting there. Okay. <laughs> for, you know, for those of you that have been around quite a while, we have a very unique business model and each terminal is different from the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to be digging in and looking at that. So I don't want anybody freaking out yeah. and thinking, what is she doing? But we're working towards that. Our goal is to have that by the end of this year. And once we crunch the cost side of things, we're going to reach out to the terminals to make sure that we're addressing what's needed and any safety concerns for every for every single terminal. Okay. Your voice matters. Your opinions matter. And we want our drivers just to be able to focus on driving and getting home to their families. Wonderful. That's what everyone needs to focus on. Yeah. And then I know that there is, I've been helping with IT, there's an EFS pin process coming out. Yes. What is, what is that going to do for us? Well, it's going to be a little bit of a change. It will. But ultimately, well, let me back into it a while. Okay, sure. So skimming, most people out there know what it is, but it's when somebody puts a device into a pump that can literally, without you having to run your card into it, it can read the machines and collect all your data off your fuel card. So if we swipe our fuel card at at a pump that has a skimmer on it, it steals our card number? And information and everything you enter with it. Oh, so it steals our driver ID, our truck number, all of that information? Everything you touch a button. <gasps> oh, goodness. So it's been those, they started in the industry a while ago. Right. Um, they're going to be here for a while. And in fact, it's worse now than it's ever been, especially in areas like Texas. We've got a ring going on in Texas that's hitting a lot of the truck stops in that state. Ooh, okay. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, fuel in Colorado went through the roof because we had a refinery in December catch fire. Ah, um, so all the fuel prices are really high. When fuel okay. prices go high, people like to take advantage and do things like that. So we're starting to see some of that in Colorado. So it, it's been difficult in our industry. And on top of it, when fraud starts happening on a driver's card, what happens? It gets flagged for fraud. Right. 
And then the driver pulls up on a run and tries to get fuel, and then it doesn't work. Yeah, they had to, their card was frozen or whatever yes. it's called. Yeah. Yeah. So it causes huge delays. It causes a headache. I can tell you right now, Pippi's fuel card not working would not have been a good thing for anybody <laughs> or him because for him, he's a pretty calm guy. Sure. He's a great driver. He's been driving forever. Uh, but man, that's a burr under his saddle when he finally gets rolling that he gets to just sit and think about. So we don't want to delay our drivers. We don't sure. want you missing your load. We don't want you being late for your kid's football game or, or whatever your situation may be. And because of that, so what we've started doing as an organization is rolling out a PIN process. Okay. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. But what this is going to allow us to do in this PIN process is to help us prevent fraud. Okay. To help us prevent that thing that from happening of a card being skimmed because of the way we're going to start doing things. So, so is this like a permanent pin? We get it and it's our four-digit no, pin a, number? It's a consistent random that's going to pull up oh, so on changes. your device. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So it keeps changing, ever-changing. So if you think about it this way, if they do skim our card, the number that you used at the pilot isn't going to work when you go to the loves because the pin's changing at all times. Oh, awesome. Every time you use it, you get a different one. Sneaky, sneaky. So they can steal our card numbers all they want. It won't do them any good. Right. Oh, cool. Okay. So the cool thing, you know, firstly, is at the forefront of fraud prevention by protecting the driver's card information. And again, even if you drop a card... It's not going to work without a pin. Oh, wonderful. And okay. those have been pretty important. So I'm excited That's great to work tech. for a company that is getting ahead of things. And we're ahead of things in a lot of ways, y'all. But all of this impacts, at the bottom line, fuel. So I don't know, Elise. I just want to tell you, I enjoyed, thank you for sharing about First Fleet and Absolutely. the fuel management team. And, you know, it takes everyone from IT to the drivers in the truck for fuel management to truly be effective for this company. Sure. And I just want to thank all of you for your efforts. And I've watched you work on the EFS pin. I've watched people at the bulk sites ordering fuel and drivers doing their best to be in authorized locations. And I don't know. I just really look forward to working with everybody over the next couple of months. Oh, this is so wonderful. Thank you so much, Deanne. I have really, really enjoyed this time just getting to learn more about you, learn more about fuel, and I'm excited for where things are going to go next. Me too. Um, and I know we plan to have the EFS pin all rolled out sometime around May. I believe so. That's our okay. goal. So we've only got a couple more months, so it is soon right. coming to you. That's right. So get ready, everybody. <laughs> it's <laughs> not going to be as hard as it sounds. Yeah, and stay safe out there. Absolutely. As always, yes. And thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate your time and drive safe. Yeah.